Glad that you're here this morning. Thank you for being in your place. Uh, we're going to look into God's Word here. Turn to Matthew chapter number 4. Matthew chapter number 4. As we get ready to look in God's Word this morning, just want to say thank you once again. Hope that you had a great 4th of July celebration time with family and friends. You ate a lot. You had a good time. Slept a lot. Probably enjoyed some relaxing time. So glad you're here. We missed a lot of you last week and uh, prayed for you and, and hope that you had a great time. We're going to look at Matthew chapter number 4 this morning, and we're going to read verse number 1 to 4. Then we're going to emphasize a portion of verse number 4 as kind of the way we're going to launch off, the way we're going to build today's message. So let's look at Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 1. The Bible says this, Then was Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward in hunger. And when the tempter came to him, He said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Verse 4, But he answered and said, This is Jesus, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Okay, look at verse number 4. This is where we're going to emphasize today what Jesus' response is. And he says this, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth. Of God. This morning, the verse here, what we're going to frame up this morning, the title of my message, if you're taking notes this morning, is entitled this, Soul Food. Soul Food. Nick, if you put that up there, eating God's Word. So here's my, my goal this morning is try to get you as hungry as possible before the message is over. We're talking about soul food this morning. And what Jesus emphasizes is very critical and important for your Christian life, for your soul. Jesus says that it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Let's ask God to bless this time as we continue here this morning. Father, we thank you, and Lord, we need you this morning. Father, I pray that, Lord, as we look into your word and we understand the importance of it, that, God, you'd help us not to tune out. Lord, as we talk about reading and eating and pondering and meditating your word, I pray that this will not come across as elementary, but, Lord, necessary for the Christian. For this morning, I pray that, God, we would look at this once again, refocus on what your word says. God, help us to see the importance of soul food for the Christian. God, we want to honor you in this time. Help me to say what you'd want me to say. Help me not to say those things that I shouldn't. Lord, I pray that you would be honored and glorified. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. See, our world has become super health conscious. Health food has become trendy. And many people are choosing health food over fast food. Many people are choosing organic over processed, fresh over frozen, free-ranged over caged, all-natural over artificial, authentic over imitation. See, all of this is because eating right helps your body to work right, and it makes you feel good. You find yourself with more energy and more life. You also get to wear the clothes you've always wanted to sh- uh, to to uh, wear without having to spend any money. So at the same time, you get to wear the clothes you want and you don't have to buy a new wardrobe, right? So when you choose the healthy way, then it saves on your wallet and also on your waist. For me, in my closet, I have different sections, okay? Because my weight goes like this, all right? So I got my I want to be, my in-between, and where I'm at. And right now, if you're wondering where I'm at, I'm at where I'm at. I got to get to the in-between, but I definitely want to be, hopefully by my wedding, February, you guys are all invited, I get to 
where I need to be. See, but being physically healthy is important, and many people are aware of this. In an article from 2017 entitled, Influencer Marketing and the Rise of Healthy Eating Habits, the writer gives us an insight on this new awareness of health. The food industry has undergone somewhat of a revolution in recent years. When once sugary drinks and snacks were the most popular and profitable items, now consumers want healthy products and buzzwords like all natural, free form, no additive, are prominently displayed on packaging. The healthy food movement has become unstoppable trend, due in large part to a great cultural awareness of health and nutrition. The move towards healthier foods have been driven by consumer demand, and in general, the industry has been quick to respond with many brands reformulating or remarketing their goods. Consumer health concerns are now at the top of the list of priorities. And when creating and marketing new food products, you see right up here, you will find that non-GMO verified, okay? A lot of items nowadays have this label. And also right there, it says gluten-free. But look, this is this new one they made up called guilt-free. I don't know if that's really one that you can really put on there. But it includes guilt-free indulgement, okay? So nowadays, all of the items that you are now consuming today are being marketed with this idea of health and nutrition. And here's the key. Everybody wants to be healthy now. There's this trend now. So now no longer do you just throw whatever's in your mouth. I kind of miss those days. No longer do you ever throw what's ever in your mouth without having someone going, hey, do you know what that, what's in that? You know, Or telling you the dark secrets of your favorite food that you've been eating your whole life. Okay? So this has been a new emphasis if you have Netflix or Hulu, if you have YouTube, go ahead on there today, watch some documentaries, look at some YouTube videos, and look at what your food and how your food is being made. It will surprise you. With the rise of social media, we are more aware now of what we should and should not put into our bodies. There are many pages on Facebook that now you can follow that gives you insight on health and the latest trends. Anybody here follow like a health Facebook page? Anybody? Probably some of you guys do. Anybody follow an Instagram one where you look up there for healthy meals? Probably some of you do. And so social media has been an avenue to help with this physical health uh, awareness. But yet, here's the thing. When it comes to this trend and this increase of awareness about your physical health, what we found in the church, though, is a decrease in your spiritual health. What we found that's trending amongst Christians today is that we're decreasing spiritually. Yes, we're really good at making sure we put good things into our body. And we take the time, we take the care, we go to the store, and we look for every single thing that's good for us as we put into our body. But yet, as the Christian goes more and more each day, what we're finding in the data and all of the different research is that we're finding that the church is spiritually declining. And we're not eating the things that are good for our souls. We have more of an awareness with our physical bodies and we have less of an awareness with our spiritual ones. And so you and I this morning, and here's the thing, I'm talking just as much to you as I'm talking to myself. We are in this together and the reality is this, is that there's more of an emphasis on this physical body than there is on the one that's inside of you. And yet Jesus poses this, that man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
If anything, the Bible emphasizes a greater value on your spiritual self. And with that, I say that I'm not saying your physical health doesn't matter, but what matters much more is your soul, is your spiritual self. See, the body we are carrying is going to decay. The body that you're putting a lot of money into right now, that's going to decay over time. There's an NBA player, LeBron James. Everybody know LeBron James? Very good NBA player. Now he's playing in L.A. It is reported that he spends over $2 million on his body. $2 million in equipment, in food, and all these different types of things to make sure that his body runs efficiently. But yet when it comes to the Christian, we find ourselves cheaping ourselves when it comes to our spiritual health. And so this morning, we're going to look at this soul food. And in this text this morning, we're going to find that Jesus is saying that physical bread isn't enough, but what is more than enough is the words of God. Jesus, in the midst of physical temptation, fights with the spiritual proclamation of the truth. What will sustain the spiritual life of a child of God and will make their soul healthy is the very words of God. Feasting on the word is key. So how healthy are you this morning? How healthy am I? This morning, I'm not speaking physically, I'm speaking spiritually. How's your soul this morning? Now, before we look at why soul food is good for us, let's look at some things here, and let's kind of be personal this morning real quick on why we don't read the Bible. Let's just be personal real quick. Why we don't read the Bible. But let me give you one real reason, and this is not in the... The, the top 10. I have top 10 things of why Christians don't read the Bible. But let me give you one real reason I believe, and I know for myself, is I believe one real reason we don't need, we, we don't read God's word like we should. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. I believe one real reason we don't read God's word like we should is because oftentimes we don't see ourselves like we should. We don't see ourselves like we should. Once a person has been saved, their citizenship is changed from this world to heaven. We now live not for the, this world, but we live for the kingdom. So the source of life is changed from feasting on this world to feasting on God's word. The daily source of food is the word of God for those who are citizens of the kingdom. You and I this morning, our life, our soul is sustained not by what the world says, but what God's word says. That's what sustains our souls. And if you're a citizen of the kingdom, you've got to look at yourself like that because then your natural food source comes from the word of God. Quote by author and preacher Vance Havner. He said this, if you are a Christian, you're not a citizen of this world trying to get to heaven. You are a citizen of heaven, making your way through this world. How many of you guys actually believe that? That you're somebody that's not made for this place, but you're somebody made now. Your citizenship is in heaven. The apostle Paul said, look, let your life becometh only of the gospel. And what Paul was saying was, listen, Philippian believers, that becoming of the gospel means this, let your citizenship be known. You're a citizen of heaven. Live as if you're in heaven today. And when we think about it like that, then our natural food source is the words of God. Now here are top 10 reasons why most Christians don't read the Bible. 
And here's the thing. I probably got multiple. I got multiple of these, all right? So as I read this, remember that. Here we go. Number one, I don't have time. Number two, I don't know where to start. Number three, reading makes me sleepy. That's one of mine, okay? Reading makes me sleepy. Number four, the Bible is too confusing. Number five, I never get anything out of it. Six, there are many contradictions in the Bible. Seven, the Bible is boring. Number eight, I might have to change. Number nine, I forget or I get distracted. And number 10, I'm not smart enough. See, many of you guys can relate to these. I can relate to them. I've known many, many times in my life reading the Word of God, messing up several, several times. Let me give you something that I hope you breathe this morning. You don't have to be perfect. Reading God's Word doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It just means you have to try. It means that you come to the Word of God hoping that God will show us what Jesus wants again. It's not that you've got to be perfect. So if you mess up, don't beat yourself up. Just get back to it. That's really just it. See, the point is this, is that though we mess up in these types of things and we find that, man, maybe these are some of those, the fact in, the fact in reality is this, that God's word is still for us. John 6, 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So here, let's look at these three things quickly as we talk about God's word being our soul food. Let's look at number one, God's word is food for the soul. If you're taking notes, write this down. Eating is a necessary mode that is connected to our existence. The reason we eat in its most basic form is so that we can continue to live, so that we can continue to grow and function and to perform the responsibilities and duties of a human being and all that is detailed with that. See, when we get hungry physically, uh, when we get hungry physically, almost this becomes type pro- top priority. If we haven't eaten for several hours in a day, we can begin to develop a transitional mood from being hungry to being hangry. Anybody's been hangry before? Anybody? Raise your hand. It's this mood in which you're hungry, but for some reason at the same time, you're angry, okay? And the reason is, is because you need some food, right? Have you ever been around a hangry person before? Yes, and you don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it when I become hangry, right? And so, I know that if I don't finish this message uh, shorter, you're all going to be hangry by the time we get out of here, okay? So, you find yourself in this weird transitional mood of being hangry. And here's the thing. This shows that, the food, ha- that, this shows that food has a real place in our lives, and a real effect on our makeup as human beings. Food can change the mood of a person. Food can be the comfort for a person who is sad. Food is the go-to item when it comes to parties or times of celebration. When you celebrated the 4th of July, you had food, okay? That was just it. You had food. Who would go to a 4th of July party without food? Raise your hand. Nobody, okay? That would be boring. You have food. And probably you're the one person that probably goes like this. Hey, you're going to have food there? You're going to have food there? You're probably that person, right? I'm that person. And the only reason you want to come to whatever it is, is because they have food. Food has a place in your life. And so for our, now the same is true when it comes to the spiritual believer, when it comes to us spiritually, when it comes to the divine spiritual life, God gave us his word to be our spiritual food. Nothing is more important to our Christian life than our being nourished with God's 
word for our spiritual well-being and our mode of existence and continue life we need god's word jesus says in our text man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Bread will sustain the physical man, but the word of God will sustain the soul of man. Deuteronomy 8.3, And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Doth man live? 1 Peter 2.2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. See, Peter parallels a new believer to a newborn baby. And just like a newborn baby needs milk to begin life and to grow and to get stronger, so does the new believer needs the milk of the word of God to grow as well. Billy Graham said this, we need to encourage new believers to feed on God's word, or it is the nourishment for the soul. I say yes and amen to that. But at the same time, I say to those who have been believers to continue to feed on God's word. If you're writing notes this morning, take this statement down. God's word isn't a one-time meal. It's a continual feast. It isn't a one-time meal. It's a continual feast. When you got saved, the word of God brought you life. But what's going to keep your life going is the word of God. So continually feast. It's a buffet. It's free. Kids can go too. They're free as well. All right? God's word isn't a one-time meal. It's a continual feast. 1 Timothy 4, 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. See, at this time, the Apostle Paul uh, is telling Timothy that there's a lot of false teaching happening in the church. And he tells Timothy, encourages him, teach the word of God. Teach what is true. And when you teach what is true, you will be a good minister of Jesus. And guess what happens? The result is your body, your congregation, you yourself, if you taught the word of God the right way, if you read the word of God the right way and you preach it and teach it, your soul will be healthy. You'll be nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine. And then Paul contrasts and he writes to the Corinthian church and he says to them, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 2, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as, that, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither now are ye able. See, the Corinthian believers, as Paul points out, are still acting as babes in Christ and only can handle milk and not meat because they have not grown spiritually, because they have not been feasting on the word, but they have been feasting on what is carnal. Their appetite for the word has not grown due to the fact that they were eating carnal things that left them stagnant in their growth. You see, the word of God is our food that we must eat to be spiritually healthy and to grow. Here's the thing. You've probably grown up in Sunday school. I'm about to bust out this awesome worship song, and it says this. Read your Bible, pray every day, and guess what you'll do? You'll grow. Grow, grow, grow. Don't read your Bible. Don't pray. Guess what happens? You'll shrink. Shrink, shrink. Now here's the thing. That great worship song of the faith, though it's kind of kiddish, cliche, it's very true. See, when we look at things elementary, we don't learn. 
But if we look at things that are necessary, then we learn. You never graduate from reading this Bible. You never do. You continually go in it. You never graduate. This isn't elementary. Popping your Bible open isn't elementary. It's necessary. And when we look at the Bible and we go, well, I got to read it. That's so elementary. Guess what? You're in a place of danger. Because the Word of God is what we need for our souls. So number two. First of all, we talked about God's Word is the soul, as the food for our soul. Number two, you, you are what you eat. You are what you eat, okay? I'm not going to lie. I've eaten a lot of cheeseburgers in my life. And I've eaten so many cheeseburgers, I'm not going to lie to you, I feel like a cheeseburger sometimes. And it's ridiculous, okay? I've hit up every fast food spot in Redwood City. They know me personally, okay? They know I'm the guy who pulls up to the drive-thru whose window doesn't work, so I have to open the door, okay? And they know me as if, like, I'm actually inviting myself into the store. But I've eaten so many cheeseburgers that I feel sometimes like a cheeseburger. I move like a cheeseburger. I sit on the couch like a cheeseburger. I don't want to do anything, Okay? I'm not a double cheeseburger, I'm just a cheeseburger. (laughs) And sometimes you can relate to that as well. Okay? You are what you eat. And then we think about it and we parallel it to us spiritually. You are what you eat. Now I said before, people are now more aware of what they physically put into their bodies. There's a greater emphasis because what you put into your body will ultimately affect how you function. This will overall affect who you are. See, Jonathan Edwards, one of the great theologians of the past, would consider what he would eat and would wonder if it would help him study the Word of God better. He would take, uh, he would wonder if it would take away energy or it will give him energy so that he could study the Scriptures longer and more focused. He understood the effect that food can have on oneself. I admire that. Jonathan Edwards was your first, you know, he was, he was the guy who started the health trend, okay? He's the one looking and thinking, should I eat this or should I eat that? If I eat this, then yes, it will give me more energy to study the Word of God. It would give me more energy to focus on the Word, to share the gospel more. This guy was intent on knowing what would affect his body for the production of the gospel or the decrease of the gospel. He was so in tune with that that he wanted to put into his body that thing that those things that will help him because he knows the effect that it has on oneself. What we eat ultimately will affect who we are physically. We find this to be true on Thanksgiving. How many of you guys pretty much took a nap on Thanksgiving? Raise your hand. Took a nap on Thanksgiving? It's a given, okay? You eat a huge meal and then you find yourself so tired, ready to sleep the rest of the day. When I was in college, I got invited to a friend's house for Thanksgiving. Literally what we did for the whole 24 hours, we ate, took a nap, ate, took a nap, ate, took a nap, ate, took a nap, I woke up the next morning, okay? That's what we did. Because food will affect you. Christian writer John Bloom says this, hope is to our soul what energy is to our body. Just like our bodies must have energy not to, uh, energy to keep going, our souls must have hope to keep going. And then John Bloom poses this question. When our body needs energy, we eat what? 
food. But when our souls needs hope, what do we feed it? And I love this. We feed it promises. So as we think of this in the physical aspect, we think of it like this. There are healthy foods and there are junk foods. Okay? Both of these foods produce what we call energy. When you eat something, it will produce energy. One will produce the right kind of energy, healthy foods, and the other will produce a lack of energy. Okay? It'll produce some, but not enough. It'll produce some energy, and that's the junk food, but it won't give you the right kind. Healthy foods will build up your body over time. Bad food or junk food will break down your body over time. See, both physical and spiritual nutrition are important because we always become what we eat. Now, here's the thing. We must take greater care, though, in what we feed our souls because so much more is at stake. That is why it's important that you feed your soul with the healthy promises of God, which are found in his word. Eating the healthy promises will produce the right kind of hope. Hey, have you ever looked at the world and thought, it's hopeless? It's hopeless. You look at the world around you and you're like, it's hopeless. You feed off of the junk promises or you look at the news and you allow those things to invade your soul and you feast off of those things and guess what it's doing? You're not eating the right hope. Then you become depressed and you become sad and then you wonder what's going on and the world's falling around you. See, the devil can also make promises. And he's trying to get you to eat junk promises. These promises are temptations beautifully packaged, offering immediate happiness, but is leaving you with long-lasting pain and more emptiness than you started with. And over time, if you continue to consume these junk promises that the devil gives to you, it will break down your spiritual body, leaving you open to disease, and you will not be able to fight because you will not have real hope. You will have hope. You will not have real hope, but you will have hope that will fold up like a cheap table when, when hard times come. The devil wants you to have junk promises. He wants you to eat the junk food. But God's word is the health food. God's word is the healthy promises. And here's the thing. All of this is important because the child of God will go through spiritual battles. The child of God will face overwhelming circumstances beyond their control. Situations they can't make sense of, twists and turns of life they will be, that will be unexpected. They will go through relationship problems. They will go through family problems. They'll go through financial problems. They'll go through identity problems. And now the child of God can either fold under the pressure of these circumstances or they can stand as a conqueror in Jesus for the glory of God. And what is dependent of this outcome is what you're feeding your soul with. Are you feeding it with healthy promises found in the word of God or are you feasting on junk promises given by the enemy? Healthy promises equals a child of God who can stand in the midst of pain and suffering and glorify God. Junk promises equals an unnourished child of God who has no hope and folds in the midst of trials. Job said in the midst of his circumstance, in Job 23, 10 through 12, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His, his way have I kept 
and not declined, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. What sustained Job in his trial was the healthy promises of what God said. So here's the thing. Let me encourage you. So in the battle of loneliness, anyone face that sometimes? Loneliness? You eat the promise of Hebrews 13.5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, but be content with such things as you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you have no strength, you eat the promise of Isaiah 40.29. He giveth power to the faint, to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. When you're in need of God's provision, you eat the promise of Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus when you feel like God isn't listening to you. You eat the promise of Psalm 34, 17. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. When nothing is going right and you don't understand what's happening or why God is allowing certain things to take place, you eat the promise of Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who called according to his purpose. And when, you take, and when you want to take matters into your own hands because you have been wronged, you eat the promise of Romans 12, 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. What we, we are what we eat. If we eat God's healthy promises, then we will be hope-filled children of God, ready to stand, come what may. Choose the healthy promises, not the junk promises. They're in here. Promises. They're right here. Here's the thing. Finally and lastly, we're moving quick. I can tell you're getting hangry. Here we go. Number three, Jesus is the makeup of soul food. Jesus is the makeup of soul food. When we eat healthy food, you will find that there is a makeup to it that makes it healthy. There are benefits to the food. You find out why it's nutritional. Nick, throw that picture of broccoli up there. Broccoli. Raise your hand if you're a broccoli person. Yes, I have become a broccoli person, okay? <laughs> if you know me, I don't love vegetables, okay? You're like, oh, it's kind of ironic. It's talking about health. Um, but here's the thing. I've, I've learned to love broccoli. Amen. Now here. So, for example, when we think about it, the makeup of broccoli, here's, here's what makes broccoli so awesome. So, for example, broccoli is an excellent source of vitamin K, whatever that is, vitamin C. I didn't take time to look up what these things are, but it sounds great. Vitamin K, vitamin C, chromium, and folate. And the benefits to eating broccoli includes these things, a boost in brain health. I felt like I've been getting smarter. Uh, liver health a boost in digestive health. And here's my favorite one. And this is so true. This is not even a lie. If you eat a lot of broccoli, this is also helps you. It, it's boosting your hair care, okay? So I've been eating broccoli, and you guys have said, my hair is growing super fast. And here's the thing. It's broccoli, okay? Sorry, Danielle, but it's broccoli, okay? So when it comes to our soul food, the Word of God what makes the word of God nutritional and valuable is because the word of God contains an excellent source of Jesus. 
The Bible contains the excellent source of Jesus Christ. I was telling the teens this morning that if you look at your Bible as a textbook, if you look at your Bible as a history book, if you look at your Bible as just another book, if you look at your Bible and you have multiple and you really don't care, then you don't see the Bible for what it really is. You don't see it as soul food. You don't see the Bible as the excellent source of Jesus. You want to know how God wanted to communicate his character and self? Is in this. Your go-to meal. Your continual feast. This contains the excellent source of Jesus from eternity past to eternity future. VBS. Eternity past to eternity future. And when we look into the word, we look because we know that there's Jesus in there. Revelation, 9, 9, Revelation 19, 13 said this, and he was clothed with vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. When we take time to feast on the word, what we're doing is taking in who Jesus is. So here's the thing. This isn't just an ordinary book. This isn't just another book. This isn't just a textbook. This isn't just a book written by man or a book that's really, really, really old. What this book is, is this book is a living Bible. Hebrews says that God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and is, a, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is a living book. Why? Because the book is Jesus. John 1.1 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14 would say, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If we look at the Bible as just another book, we're missing out on a relationship filled with Jesus. You want to know why you don't know Jesus that much? It's because probably you're not reading this book. You want to know why sometimes you can fall so hard in the circumstances of life because you're not eating the promises. You want to know why you're so easily swayed to go one way or the other and not choose Jesus is because you're not eating the healthy stuff. And here's the thing. That's not just you. Every time I've said you, I've met me. Okay? I'm not up here trying to be perfect because I'm not. I'm up here trying to help us be aware that, hey, your physical health is great. Be aware of that. But be more aware of your soul. Be more aware of who you are, and you need the word. In John 6, we find Jesus saying, 35, and he said unto them, I am the bread of life. Carbohydrates, it's good. Only the, only the spiritual kind. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Jesus said in John 6, same chapter, 53 through 57, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life with him. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. On the surface, those statements are really weird, okay? I remember when I was, when I was reading this for the first time ever, I'm like, eat Jesus, what? That's kind of weird, that's like cannibalism. No, he's not talking about that. 
So don't, yeah, okay. He's not talking about that. What he was doing was he was using such shocking rhetoric to convey a truth that the lost souls of man need. He's not saying physically eat me. What he's saying is eternalize who I am in you. And if that starts real eternal life, guess what's going to sustain that? The same thing. You're going to begin to grow. You're going to begin to mature if you continue to internalize who Jesus is. Andrew, if you would, come and grab that table and that chair. Can you bring it over here, please? John 6, 33, John 6, 63, and I'll say this one more time. It is the spirit that quickness, the flesh that profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Why are his words spirit and life? Because he is the word. The word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the word that gives life to all men. So the word of God gives men life, and the word of God sustains the life of men. And here's the thing, when we come to feast on the word, we come to know more and become more like Jesus. Here's the thing. You have this opportunity every day. You have this opportunity to sit down, get your plate out, and do this. Every day. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to stand in line to get it. You do this every day. That's why it's important to come to the table daily, ready to eat, because life will throw at us different situations and will call for response. Can you predict what's going to happen in your life five minutes from now? No. Can you predict what's going to happen to your life ten days from now? No. But what you can do is prepare your body for those times. That's why it's important. Because there's going to be a response on our part when we come to these hard times. See, the more we eat the word, the more we become like Jesus. The more we respond like Jesus, the more we live like Jesus, the more we love like Jesus and tell others about Jesus. See, the word of God is the fuel that helps us to fight. It's the fuel that helps us to live. It's the fuel that helps us to love. It's the fuel that helps us to stand. Jesus is the word, and in Jesus we live, and we move, and we have our being. And so when we feast on this every single day, we get fueled up with Jesus. So that when you go out outside your house, and you meet your coworker who's constantly nagging you, Guess what you can respond in? Love. Guess what you can respond in? Grace. Guess how you can respond in? Sharing the gospel. If you eat this word daily, the word's going to build you up for the circumstances you face. Your marriage isn't going right? Read the word. Allow the word to help your marriage. Allow the word to help your relationships. Allow the word to help your friendships. You come to the word, it's going to help you. It's going to build you up for those times. See, when we come to the proverbial table, we say grace, which is asking the Holy Spirit to show us Jesus. Then we feast, we meditate, we ponder, we wrap our minds around and we set our hearts on the word as we wait for the beauty of Christ to be seen again and again. Every day, we have this opportunity. But here's one question. What else are you putting on the plate other than the word? What else are you eating beside the word? There's going to be the temptation to not put this on your plate, to not put this awesome living book on your plate. There's going to be the temptation. 
church, this is out of love. This is out of grace. We're all in this together. I need God's word just as much as you need it. And may we be a church that starts a new trend, a spiritual health trend. May we start this craze in which we stand, we now begin to devour God's word and say, man, this is good. Man, Leviticus, that's kind of like broccoli. Well, it's all right. We'll still eat that. Leviticus is like broccoli, okay? It's good for you, but you just don't want to eat it, okay? But we eat God's word because we know that it's important for our souls. You want your family to be strong, be around the word. Why? Because when you're around the word, you're around Jesus. And you allow Jesus to become you and you become Jesus. I'm going to finish here with some conclusion and application. I started doing this thing because of my fiance, Jessica. She's wanted to help me get healthy physically, okay? And we started this thing called meal prepping. Anybody know what meal prepping is? Yeah, meal prepping. I'm just going to give you some quick things about spiritual meal prepping, and then we'll be done this morning. Spiritual meal prepping. Number one, pick a place in the Bible. Simple, pick a place. No matter where it's at. The Bible covers all areas of life. And if you really want to know what that book is about, you're saying, hey, I'm struggling with joy, or hey, I'm struggling with sharing the gospel, or hey, I'm struggling with love. Look in the Bible, you'll find that these books have themes to them which all lead back to Jesus. So pick a place in the Bible. Number two, spiritual mind prep two, pick a time. You know what time is good for you. Practicality sense, hey, listen, you know what time is good for you. I'm not a morning person. I don't read the Bible in the morning because it's just hard for me. Usually my time is in between the day, okay? And so I try to find what works for me. Find what works for you. Pick a, pick a, pick a time. And finally here, pick a location. You know what distracts you. You know what kind of gets your focus. Find a place where you can just be in tune with God and allow that to help you see Jesus. See, my prayer for you and for myself is that we will be people of the word. And I pray that there will be a hunger inside of you and me that that leads us to want to know our God more. I'm praying for a steadfast Jesus, only Jesus, hope, born out of feasting on the promises of God's word. And I'm hoping, like we do with physical food, if you've had something good to eat, guess what you usually do? You tell people about it. I was over at the Five Fields last Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon, had this awesome chicken casserole, okay? <laughs> Delicious, talked about it for a little bit, it was great. But as the psalmist says in Psalm 34, 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good, church. 